0: Well, thank you everyone for joining in. We are The Average Jays, and this is The Average Jays Podcast, where we remind you of the pop culture news you might have missed this past week. As always, I'm Jay, Justin Ruiz.
1: And I'm Jay, Justin Ruiz.
0: So we know we missed last week, um, but we do have a decent amount of stuff to get to this week, so we're just going to go ahead and roll right into it, kind of like our first story. A pair of construction workers rolled right into the Great Wall of China. Well,
1: Way to just go head first. Like so, those things that went through the wall.
0: So a 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman caused irreversible damage when they used construction equipment to widen an existing gap and create a shortcut that was large enough to drive an excavator through it. So they were on site. They were like, oh, this gap isn't big enough. So they took it upon themselves to make a hole in the Great Wall of China even bigger so they can fit construction equipment through it. Now, this is a pretty big deal because apparently. Also, this is according to the New York Times. I'm pulling everything off an article that they did. Apparently, a significant portion, estimates of almost a third, of the Great Wall of China is
1: inaccessible due to breakdowns
0: and like holes and just various irreparable damage. So, it's pretty sucky that these random construction workers are just like, you know, forget it, we're just gonna keep making this a, a bigger deal and you know it's one of the modern marvels of our world and for something yeah. that's been up for what let me see if i could try and find out uh been up for freaking hundreds of years man like yeah. hundreds of years and it's
1: it's just like why it was uh wait 19 20, 20, of Ming Dynasty. No, am I right on? Could I wrong? Wait to build it. Hold up. It's, I mean, it took. A re- not right. It the took a really math long math. time to build. I type in the Great Wall and kind of China. You know what came up on my feed? So I have my locations on. Mm. Great Wall, which is a Chinese restaurant, like a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <months. laughs> Come on. Hey. No, what
0: I'm. So, just fun fact: it is more than thirteen thousand miles long. The most well-preserved section is about fifty-five hundred miles. And in 1987, it was designated a UNESCO World Heritage site. So it is now protected, like by the world government. Uh, Yeah. You know this is 220 BC. Yeah, it started construction in 220 BC. That sounds right. You know it's. It sucks, you know, because this is just one of the latest, like for decades, this has been a thing of people removing sections and because not all of it is manned because it is so large. Not all of it can be manned and guarded at all times. So there are massive stretches of the wall that are just kind of decrepit and they look like ruins. And, you know, people are just constantly digging things out in 2002, apparently a villager in the Hebei you know, excuse me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but of the Hebei Providence literally made holes and removed bricks
1: to build a urinal in the wall. Oh, not forget the Chinese ancestors, I think our humans just so with our modern society.
0: And yeah, and then in that same year, farmers to- tore down more than 3,200 feet of the wall and collected bricks and sold them to build roads. So we're talking about, you know, unfortunately people just damaging this constantly, really. It's every couple years we see something. Um, uh, according to, gov- to uh, China's government, 2019 plan Protect Great Wall, 18.4% of the structure is considered poorly preserved and 27% is in danger of disappearing. 24.1% has already disappeared. So we're looking at about a, about a quarter of it. I said a third earlier. My bad. So about a quarter of it is already gone, and we're looking that's at we're looking at another 27% that's in danger of disappearing, and then on top of that, another 18% that's not preserved correctly. So, you know, it's conceivable that in our lifetime. It might really, really shrink down to just you know the touristy stretch that we see in pictures and and movies and stuff. It might shrink down to just that. And remember, that's only only a couple miles, like what we yeah. see, like you know. So, and it's it's terrible. Something that has stood almost what, like I guess, the two thousand years, right? Like close to it, like yeah. is just gonna be gone just due to humans. Yeah, like the fact that yeah, exactly. Like,
1: I'm thinking of other things that are not that ancient. I'm thinking, like, Tower of Pisa. Um, like, stuff like that, where the government really goes out of their way to take care of it. Yeah. Granted, compar- comparatively, one is larger than the other. But at least there's so you no know. way to protect it. Um, but they're trying to protect it. Um, Great Wall of China, like, that is... Wow. You can see like... Another ancient piece is the Sphinx and the Pyramids. Like, the things that I'm sure they take good care of. But this is the first that I'm hearing, that Great Wall of China, that they, they, they've had these problems. Yeah. I would assume, like, yeah, Great Wall is cool. But I would yeah. Pyramids and Sphinx are in the same protection uh, level. Uh, well, are more protected.
0: Unfortunately, you know, this kind of stuff isn't, like, unless a big event like these two people, like, pretty much crashing through a hole, right? Like unless something like that happens, I feel like it's not really something that's talked about that much. you know it's not a you know quote unquote big deal. It's not a sexy headline. It doesn't you know bring in the viewers. you know it's not like a you know super dramatic thing, but people should be taking these things a little more seriously, like these are man made structures that are like a wonder to look at and mm-hmm. to behold and to know the history and all this behind. Like, we should, as humans, we should take care of our stuff better. So, speaking about taking care of our stuff better, one company that is not doing that is Warner Brothers. Of course. So, Warner Brothers has, Warner Brothers Television specifically, has canceled or suspend, excuse me, me, let me get the wording right, because it is important. Warner Brothers Television has suspended... Top deals with various writers like Mindy Kaling, Bill Lawrence, J.J. Abrams, Greg uh, Berlanti.
1: I, I remember these. They, this came up on my feet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is a big deal. So uh, reported on by deadline, more than three months into the writers' strike, Warner Bros. Television has moved to suspend the remaining overall deals with some of its top creators. So the people I just named are just a few.
1: And they're like they're famous too. These aren't these are like top tier writers.
0: Yeah, these are we're talking J.J. Abrams, Mindy Kaling. Like there's some standout names. And on top of that, Chuck Lorre Productions deal was also suspended. Wow. Chuck Lorre is a massive hit. Like yeah. when you're talking about sitcoms, like that's a a big deal. Yeah. Um. So this development comes exactly three months after WBTV and other studios started sending out letters to writer-producers under overall and first-look agreements who don't have series in production or post-production, informing that their deals are being suspended. You
1: know, it's funny that you say that, because recently I just saw that uh, David Zaslav wanted to end, he wants to end the strike before it gets worse. And I'm here like, but you're the head of WB, and then this is the, another news that's coming on the TV side, which, this is why, look, and this is why, like, if I, again, I'm gonna rant a little bit. When it came to the DC characters, this, this is strictly the DC property, forget anything else WB. The DC property, you had all these characters and so late in the game, like, they had the head start before Marvel, but they decided to start super late after Marvel started to hit the ground running all those years ago in 2008. They had the property. They're just like, Superman is very popular. Batman's very popular. And then they just sprinkle in random side characters when you could have had your Justice League a long time ago. Oh, so yeah. now you're still keeping things separate. And then the TV side of WP is like, oh no, we're suspending these things. We're doing this. And then in other news, Zazzlev is like, I want to end the strike as soon as possible. And the answer to that is give people what they need to be. Same thing with uh, Bob Iger pay hey the people what they deserve and um, things will be fine. I honestly, low key, I am, I want to see it get worse. I just, I, that's that's my, my guilty. I want to see things get worse so they can be like, oh, we should have done this. Like, I just want to see it get bad.
0: Well, when like, when people like uh, Laszlo, right? Laszlo?
1: Laszlo, Z- yeah.
0: Zazlov. When people like him talk about wanting to end it before it gets worse, they want to end it on their terms. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. They're not, you know, they're not wanting to end it as quickly as possible. They're wanting to end it with them holding, like you know, the winners' flag at the end. Like they, they are the ones that want to but have they're not, to come away. They're
1: not win.
0: Yeah, they want to come away with the best possible uh, solution. But yeah, they can't win at this point. And yeah, we're, the longer this goes, the more money that is just hemorrhaging. Like at what point are these bigger studios well i guess um the amtp whatever whatever those letters the union is for the production companies like when are they gonna realize like like when are they gonna stop the bleeding like they're just they're losing money it's that's all it is you know they have there are a bunch of projects that are still coming out right we have properties that were wrapped up and in post-production and are still in the pipeline to come out. But stuff like, you know, that that is drying up very quickly, right? We're going to start seeing nothing happening. You know, we've been getting all this news about, you know, stuff shutting down, all the late night talk shows. There was a huge headline with Drew Moore show how they're still going in the midst of the strike and people are being are getting upset about that. There was some Uh, Audience members that were kicked out because they were uh, seen wearing um, writer strike pins, like they were in support of the strike. And when the people were like, "Oh, we could just take the pin off," we didn't even know that this was a thing. We just got handed we got handed it as we walked in. They were like, "No, you're out. Like you're not you're not gonna sit here." So there's a couple of different things that are happening that are disrupting the ongoing right and the support for the writers and actors unions. Are only growing as it continues. Yeah, like this is something that it's only gonna get worse. It's not getting better. People are not gonna like. I can't see the the actors and writers just caving. Like they're not. not, Why would they? They have all the power here, and all they're asking for is fair compensation. I just I saw a video with this guy from Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul. Uh, Aaron Paul, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Paul, he was talking about how he see- he, re- he receives zero, especially
1: with the Netflix uh, sequel.
0: He receives zero royalties when it comes to Breaking Bad on Netflix. That is mind blowing. He is a lead in that show and he receives nothing. Well.
1: He's he's he is the lead, not like uh, Brian Cranston. But I mean, the he's not one, Walter
0: White, but he the is the, second, he's the, the, sequel, the main he supporting the lead. So it's wild. and that too.
1: That that's wild to me. Like, okay, I understand he's a big act, uh, actor. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. Like, yes, he got money, but that goes to show. Remember, that goes to show the little people, the little actors are not getting anything. So if he's not getting anything, they're definitely not getting anything.
0: If he's not getting anything, the other people, the extras and shit like that, they're getting money taken from them, month over month. There's a a balance due that's not getting their their desk because he is, you know, maybe he's not an A list actor, Aaron Paul, but he's definitely pretty he's close.
2: Yeah,
0: you know. Yeah. And for him not to be getting something, that's a pretty big deal for one of the best, like one of the best modern TV shows to come out in what the last like two three decades. Like, yeah. he's not getting any residuals off of the streaming platform that it's housed on. That's crazy. And you got to remember it's been on Netflix for years. Yeah. It's been, years. yeah, it's been on there.
1: I, I couldn't even say it has even never left. I, remember, yeah. I can say that it's been there since like when 360 had the partnership, uh, the Xbox 360 had the partnership with Netflix. I remember when uh, each season was a tile on, on there before they kind of like, and if you remember those days um, so it's I been remember there for like,
0: I remember I watched like the last season of Breaking Bad, I watched live, but I used Netflix to catch up like I I think it was Bang. five seasons, so I watched the first four and then caught the fifth season live yeah. so we're did talking that, about I did the
1: same thing with lost same thing
0: talking about like ten years ago like we were in college, I believe, when that last season was coming out so That's it's insane that something's been living somewhere and not giving royalties out to not only it's one of its main actors, but like think about how that impacts. Like Jay said, the rest of the totem pole, everyone else down the line, like the domino effect that that has, like. That's that's terrible.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, the, uh, the strike for. Is it specific from BF, the VFX artists? Is it specifically Marvel or Disney or as the Hollywood as a whole? Who are they? So I assume the whole, but
0: Marvel was the first ones to like get together and make it a thing. Yeah. It was a handful of them for Marvel. Yes. And then Disney followed suit and now they're voting on unionization. I don't think that they've actually become a union yet. Okay. Um, but they're in talks to becoming a union and because it makes sense as... because
1: it, with the the latter movies of Marvel, like I would like to say maybe end game and after or after end game, it's been a problem. I could even say maybe before. Oh Endgame. yeah.
0: Oh yeah, so. for sure. Because now, and we you know we've talked about it before the, the crunch kind of atmosphere where people, they're just sat at a desk and year over year, they have to figure out these massive environments and like, you know, they're, they aren't given enough time to make a proper product and they know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my take? I, I want to see it get worse because I I want to see it. That's just me.
0: WB is the latest uh, antagonizer when it comes to these strikes. So moving into the world of TV and movies, because like we said, there are still some stuff coming out. The first item that we have though, I have a feeling it's like, I feel like it kind of comes at a weird time. Yes. Because I'm going to let, I'm going to let you take over on this, but to me, like how long has this been going on? Has this been more? This is
1: not, and this is not new news. So basically what Justin is uh uh, alluding to is uh, that studios have manipulated uh, Ryan Tomato scores. Um, this is not necessarily new, but I think it's getting more light shed on it, especially at this time. So just a little brief story. If you don't know what Ryan Tomato is, Ryan Tomato is an aggregator, meaning they collect scores from all critics and put it together and create this number. But as of these articles, so I'm pulling uh, the the big picture from Collider. So basically, Ryan Tomatoes are, this is the title from uh, Collider, Ryan Tomatoes, are, Ryan Tomatoes ratings are pretty easy to hack. Here's how the students have been doing it. That's the title. So basically, they. the thing about Ryan Tomatoes, I'm guilty of this too, but I've stopped back in college. I would see a score and I'm like, mm, I don't want to see that movie. That really does sway the audience member for any movie. The, the, what clicked for me is when I went to see—I believe it was called *In Time* with Justin Timberlake and Olivia Wilde. I Loved that movie; it was great. I saw it, but they gave it like—I think a thirty or something or forty. And I was like, I think it deserves to be high, in my opinion. I, I know it's my opinion, but I enjoyed the movie. Now, the thing about what I've always told people is definitely go see a movie and make your own opinion. Maybe then you can be like, I agree with what Ryan tomatoes. Um Obviously, Ryan Tomatoes does make the call, but just that number. Now we hear, and again this has been a thing, uh, studios have, have used Rotten Tomatoes to their advantage, manipulating early reaction and scores to boost audience numbers and the box office success. So, yeah. So when you hear like something like what, what came out recently? Uh, was it Blue Beetle? I feel like it was something else. I think it was Blue Beetle where it beat out Barbie. But I'm like, Barbie's been
0: Up there, yeah. It was, yeah. We we spoke about it, yeah. Right,
1: so Barbie's been top for weeks until, like, I think on its last week where Blue Beetle beat it. But I was like, that was Blue Beetle's first week. So, but it it, like literally dragged itself to the finish line to beat out Barbie. So because of like, even though the yeah, I think it was
0: Barbie's. I think it was Barbie's fifth week. Yeah, and it was Blue Beetle's fifth or sixth week, something like that. And it was was, Blue Beetle's first first week. And yeah. they had only made like 20-something million.
1: And it was only domestic, I believe.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. domestic numbers.
1: So it wasn't a lot. So it's it's wild because... And so, yeah, their uh audience scores, it's whatever. Because then that, I can believe. Sometimes I go off the audio score. Because, I mean, audio, audience score. But when it comes to the critics, it's like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Usually the critics and the audience should be on the same page. But when one is off kilter, it's like weird. Uh, but yes, this is the thing that's been going on for a while. It's just shedding, getting shed. There's more light shed on this story. Um, honestly, I'm not surprised, but it does need to stop. Listen, there's another part. I'm not going to go through the whole article, but uh, the ownership of Rotten Tomatoes by film companies and ticket sale companies suggest a vested interest in polarizing conversation and driving box office numbers. Again, this is not natural. It's not. Like, this is like, it's AI but created by humans, in a sense. Like, you're driving, you're just basically causing a rift and unnatural opinions to a lot of people. There's not a lot of nuances, especially there are times, and I, I stop doing it because it makes me angry, when I like a movie and then I go read the bad critic view, just to see why they thought it was bad. And I was like, that's just one thing you're nitpicking out of the entire movie that has so much nuance. A movie may, may not be good. Like, Sucker Punch is not a great movie by Zack Snyder, but he has some good things on it. Like, to be honest, and I said this to my friend, if Sucker, if Sucker Punch was made now, with his it is his vision, there is a director's cut, but if he made it now, I think it could have been better. But it has its good moments, but some people just didn't understand it. And, Critics are humans too. Just because you professionally do something for a living doesn't mean that your opinion is the staple. You know? Now, all I can say is this might not stop for a while, but when a movie comes out, go see it. If you are interested in it, go see it. Don't not see a DC movie because you don't like DC's movies. Because do your research. WB is the problem. Go watch a movie. Definitely don't go see, well, I guess you can go see Booby-Doo if you want. <laughs> don't see Aquaman 2, which we might talk about, but definitely when James Gunn's stuff comes out um, and I'm getting the other guy's name because I feel bad now.
0: Peter Saffron. Saffron,
1: yes. I knew it was an S. <laughs> um, James Gunn and Saffron, when their stuff comes out, definitely go watch it. Any movie, because people work hard on these movies. If a movie is trash, a movie is trash. Just don't get your opinion off Rotten Tomatoes. Go see the movie. If you don't have time, then wait till it comes on streaming. Just don't shun it off. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like
0: it's it's lost the luster that it once had. Yeah. I feel like once Rotten Tomatoes became a barometer for movie studios, then it became a problem, right? Because something where like like movies, movie studios will make commercials about movies and include like certified fresh, you know, on the thing. And it's like Okay. I've never seen
1: that before until I started seeing it. And I was like, that's, "That's that should be a red flag for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not like other aggregators that you see. Like, Metacritic is the other big one that comes to mind. Where, like, literally, they don't have a score. They aggregate an average score compared to, like, 50 or 100 other news sites. So it's literally the average. There's nothing else to it. Yeah. But, yeah, when you're looking at something like you know rotten tomatoes the overarching concept is that like critics go on there and make reviews and then human beings that saw it go on and make reviews and if it's certified fresh that the means human like, beings. sorry yeah but it's true <laughs> right <are> and <laughs> that, like we have to specify that in this day and age yeah. so um and, you know it's supposedly like when it's certified fresh it's the critics have you know Overwhelmingly positive things to do. It's at, I forgot where the cap is, but it's like over 90%, and it's like with 60% of the critics or something like that. There is an algorithm to that certified fresh moniker. um yeah. But it's, it sucks because it's just been so used and abused at this point that it's, and you can't it, really it, trust it.
1: Yeah. And there's an easy fix for that. Just make one score, make it the audience score. Because then yeah. it's like, that is natural. It's a natural selection. And if you, feel, if you start throwing in critics in this, in this one score, it will balance out. Because instead of getting a 97, you know, by just simply people that, moviegoers, you're throwing critics in there, it will bring that down to a natural score. So then it's like, what's a, what's a recent? What comes to mind is uh, uh, like Wonder Woman. The first Wonder Woman. I remember it was like the first certified fresh from the, for the DC line. And I'm using DC because it's something that people would understand. For DC's like, uh, Zack Snyder's universe, the, they got like a 97 or I forget what it was. I know it was like certified fresh. But if you threw in critics in there and just fuse it and it'd be a natural, uh, honest, genuine, uh, opinion, it would have brought the score from 90 to lower. And, it was, and then, if we get used to that, then we're like, when we see movies in the 80s, it's like, oh, that's a passing grade. Like, if we're looking at it like edu- yeah. education grades. It looks good. Bring it closer. Now, when it gets to like 59, it's like, okay, now this is, it's a little, it's a little, mm. but then, you know, but like that to me, that's when I would look to the score, but still go see the movie and make my own opinion. But again, as of late, it, just know this studios. They're, they're the one making the opinion for you. So you don't see a movie because either... Don't say... Don't be like, oh, I don't like this because... Oh, I don't like Chris Evans. Because first of all, you don't like Chris Evans, get out of here. Okay? Anyway.
0: So yeah, it's... I think... Yeah, the point of it being, watch a movie, don't rely so much because we have seen that there's, you know, there's chinks in the armor here. Like, clearly, this is not a foolproof system. There are issues... Like, don't base your opinion off of the opinions of others. Make your own. Like, and that that goes with any kind of movie. Like, listen, if, like, the Medea movies, right? They are not Oscar award winning movies. They're not meant to be. They're meant to be very. and And people like them. Critics don't like them. I'm sure they all have terrible reviews. But Tyler Perry is one of the richest, like, movie people out there. So I don't think he really cares. Same thing with Adam Sandler and his movie production company. Some of the movies he's made are absolute garbage, but guess what? People go and watch them because they have that like family appeal. It it is a thing, you know, watch things that you think are interesting and try not to get too caught in the weeds with like different awards or monikers that they might've received because for every movie that has a certified fresh, there's like 10 other ones that have that and suck.
1: Yeah, like, I'm going I'm to I'm just end it with this, M.I.M. Like, Chris Nolan. You know Chris Nolan, Inception, Dark Knight, Interstellar. Great films, right? But there's also Dunkirk and ten People didn't really like that, but they still got good scores. So, when you hear, they're like, and whenever they advertise, like, Oppenheimer, it's like the director of the Dark Knight trilogy. It's to get you in there. And that's marketing. Yeah. That makes sense. But I don't think, and now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen a Ryan it was like logo or messaging in that I think. I don't quote me on it. You
0: know, it's, it's hard because, like, you know, that being marketing too, it's like, just because you like The Dark Knight, does that mean that you're going to like a historic piece about the creation of the atom bomb? No. <laughs> like, but you go because of the, that name recognition. But... Just go just watch stuff. Have fun. Do that. So we have a couple of trailers that we're gonna break down here. First one up is Godzilla minus one. Great. Beauty. Just pure beauty.
2: You're
1: like uh, you're, you're you're you are you are you are you can not even say words right now. That's how good it is. It it's was like you saw such, Godzilla himself.
0: Yes. It was such a beautiful Tribute to the King of Kaiju, like he looks just as good as he does on the like in the like the legendary films, right? So Godzilla, King of Monsters, and first Which, Kong and I all that say crap.
1: They should have done that. I, that's literally what I thought. The, the first movie did a good job. Following that, it was a little. But that's my. Opinion.
0: I I enjoyed King of Monsters I more did, than the first I one.
1: Did. But following after that,
0: yeah,
1: MonsterVerse again, following on the Marvel trend. They did too much.
0: Yes. So, anyway, Godzilla stays with that kind of look, which is fantastic. I think they yeah. did nail the look of him. It's a combination of
1: that and the classic. Like the and the classic. Of, yep. Uh, not Toei. Toei's animation is Toho. Toho is the Toho uh, yeah. studio company.
0: So, this is done by Toho. This is going, I guess, like the original godzilla studio right so this is the one this is their latest godzilla project and it is kind of a i don't want to call it a reboot it's just like another timeline you know yeah, it's not it, rebooting it, you anything it's just you,
1: you're not wrong in saying that it's always another it's like a, it's always a retelling It's like a reboot it, well it's not a so reboot, yeah. Right. it's a retelling
0: every time yeah unless they yeah it's a retelling do... of the Godzilla so story so yeah. it is the 37th film in the Godzilla franchise and it is Toho's 33rd film. Yes. So the cool thing is, is that it is very reminiscent of the like fifties okay. era of Godzilla. So this whole thing, it takes place right after world war two, Japan is still hurting and rebuilding and they even bring it up in the trailer. It is very much, you know, there's a lot of rebuilding around and the whole thing is Godzilla now pops up because of the things that came about from World War II. Yes. Right? They are leaning back on that same thing of like the radio the radioactivity also mixed with like he's been there for you know he is an ancient being that's been dwelling below the earth and now he is upset at what humans have done. So yeah. now he comes in and it's kind of like you've awakened the beast and now he's kind of exacting his revenge. So and the whole point of the title is Tokyo and Japan in total has nothing right now. So it has zero, but Godzilla has come to take even more away from them. No, so they've nothing gotten meaning
1: the, the financials out as well.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's referring to them needing to again, rebuild after the war. So they are, you know, at this place of disparity and now Godzilla comes to take even more from them. So they've gone from zero to minus one. So they have now entered the negatives because they just can't catch a break.
1: Yeah. The the cool thing is that when I, I, I what you're reading, I don't know where you're reading it from, but I've read the same thing. Uh, and that's just like their premise, which is cool. Um, when I did like my quick Wikipedia history search, um, I just, when I'm on Wikipedia, I'm the flash. I just read all the blurbs. Um, it's kind of a given if you didn't know this, but. It's good to see it refreshed in my mind that Godzilla supposedly represents America, in a sense, because hmm. they, he is a radioactive creature that basically destroys, uh, two, you know, cities in Japan, which is what we, when I say we, uh, our country, did back then going um, up. And funny enough, not haha funny, but we just had a movie called Oppenheimer uh, in the bomb. So, um, I can't wait to see this movie. Like, I haven't been, like, I was really excited when Legendary did the reboot. Because technically, the first, was it 2014? Came out? The Legendary one? 16,
2: 2013. maybe?
1: Nah, I think that was the sequel. I'll look it up, up. real quick. Yeah, but, so, I was really excited for that because it was like, it was a modern day version in the U.S. of Godzilla. It reminiscent like, the Toho. Uh, Storyline, but King King of Monsters, what was it?
0: It was 2014.
1: Oh yes, that's correct. Boom, that timeline. Um,
0: and then King of King of the Monsters was 2019.
1: Ooh, wow, that was a long time—five years. Jesus.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, 2019, and then Kong was 2020. I think or no, or 2020 or 2021. It's not here. Um. Oh, 2021. Yeah. And then the next one is slated for 2024. I didn't even know it was coming that quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, I, I saw this movie, and I was like, oh, this is really dope. King of Monsters, I enjoyed, but then it was just like, then I saw Kong. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on TV, and I was like, oh, this is really good. I enjoyed this. But then the Kong versus Godzilla thing. It was
0: yeah. Skull Island was okay. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I think it it had some good points.
1: Yeah, like it did, and I think because again because of the the multiverse, not multiverse, the combined universe thing, I think it would have worked if it just stayed it separate. But like, I always liked the idea. That whenever like, and we were alive for well, not alive when Marvel was doing their combined universe. But I always like subtle hints, and I've said this to before. I love. Things in the same universe that live in the same universe, but they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to be in the same thing. So I would have been hyped to have Godzilla be like, because Godzilla did this thing, it kind of affected something that happens in Kong, but they don't necessarily need to meet. But because in a world of the internet and, you know, nerds freaking out, just gotta have a versus. I don't know why. It's the the alien versus predator thing. Like, I, I would have rather had that. So because Soho in my opinion, this is me making this up. Toho was like, this is garbage. We're going to bring it back minus one. That's me joking. But I'm, I'm more stoked for that than the current line uh, with the, the Hollywood version of yeah. Godzilla.
0: And I agree. You know, the Hollywood version, I, I really enjoyed King of the Monsters. I thought it was dope. It was a great way to show off Godzilla in like, the older light, because the remake of Godzilla or the reboot of Godzilla in twenty fourteen, it was good and it was a very it was a slow burn. Yeah. it was you know you, didn't, it, it you was, didn't get it. Was, a, it wasn't a lot of action, but it was a lot of story and it did build on like the terror that is Godzilla. Yes. Then in the next one, you got Godzilla, but he's like, you know, the rest of the monsters have now awakened and Godzilla's here to kind of claim his land, claim his stake. And I thought that was awesome. Great way to do it. Big, bombastic set pieces. And it it was, you know, reminiscent of the older Godzilla's when he's he is fighting all these different monsters. Now, when it came to Kong, I just think that like when I saw the ending of King of the Monsters and it showed like those subtle hints to Kong that he it does live in this universe that, you know, Kong has been around for just as long as Godzilla. It was really cool to see that, to see that this age of monsters happened, you know, you know, a millennia back. Yeah. Um, so it was super cool. But then in the execution, they just tried to do too much. I do think it could have been a better movie if it was just them two. If it was really them two and that was it, it would have been dope. But when you start in
1: the tr- third movie, the
0: yeah. Third in character. Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: Yeah.
0: If it was just them, I think the movie would have been a little story, better.
1: I could probably sit and think about, but in your mind, what would that story have been?
0: I don't even know. That's the thing. That's the weird thing. Like I don't know how they would go about doing their that. Like
1: turned out to be for those who didn't see the movie, the Mecha Godzilla.
0: Yeah, which to me d- didn't make a lot of sense. Like it was Maybe. just kind of like shoehorned in there. Mecha Godzilla was made to fight Godzilla. You know, before he be, yeah. you know, he was like you know a good guy for the humans, but that's why he was made. And that should have been a whole different movie. So it should have been somehow, you know, maybe the humans bring Kong to like Godzilla's doorstep by accident. Then Godzilla's like, why the hell is this guy here? And they fight or something. But I I don't know. I don't know what that other story looks like. I just know that this one that they did didn't work. Okay. I see
1: what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Same. I, I, I could probably sit and ruminate on like how to make that movie. I just right now I can't tell you. My only beef, no. and this is my final thought and rent, I did not like that Kong came from a different universe in the center of the earth. I thought I was gonna see the rock show up. I really thought the rock was gonna show up. Um and if you don't get that joke, just go look up the rock and center of the earth.
0: Like it it was weird. They they made weird decisions and it just didn't make sense. Um but in contrast, Minus One looks fantastic. Godzilla looks like a scary beast. Like, he looks terrifying. And, you know, it, it it's going back to the roots. It's supposed to be a darker thing. It's, you know, paying out, uh, homage to the OG Godzilla and those darker themes that it had. Because it's about destruction. And it's about the the shortcomings of the human race, you know, Inevitably, inevitably bringing about an even bigger destruction than they can handle. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited for this. It's supposed to premiere in Japan uh, November 3rd, and then release in U.S. theaters December 1st. Oh,
1: you can see me there. Um, I'll say this though. Um, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. I do love. Cause it's also nostalgic for me, the 98 version, even though it's not a great movie. I love that. Um,
0: movie. the Matthew Broderick spawn, one.
1: <laughs> yeah. It did spawn the animated series which was dope too.
0: The I love the animated series. I even had the game boy color game nice. from the animated series. And it was the same studio that did men in black. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes. They, they have the same. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, you know, it was, it was cool. Uh, it was fun for what it was. And as a kid, what's I his loved name? it.
1: Uh, the guy from Leon, the professional, I'm forgetting the French guy. He was,
0: Oh, the French he was guy. Yeah he, he's yeah. In there.
1: yeah. he always yeah. plays a French guy and I love it because he's French, <laughs> but I love, I loved it. That, that it's a guilty pleasure. Like if I see it on TV, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And watch.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, okay. So moving on to another property that's coming from. The motherland of Japan. Um, I have something ha- bad. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki's final final film is the well, boy not. and they, the it harem. was
1: confirmed that it's not going to be his final film.
0: He, I just read something that he's going into retirement.
1: I guess I saw this three days ago. <laughs> so that you know, he's going to change his mind,
0: dude. He's crazy. What uh, is he doing?
1: He's like he anyway. Goes like this. He goes like this. Oh, idea. yeah.
0: Look, <laughs> I just saw it right now. What I, what I another just retirement fake out. OK, this is live, at, live and in person. I'm going to look at this article real quick. And this is coming from IGN. Another retirement fake out from the legend.
1: I have something. I have something the to boy and, about
0: too. the boy and the heron might not be high on Miyazaki's final film after all. Oh, my God. Studio Ghibli executive Junichi Nishioka excuse my pronunciation, told CBC News that the 82-year-old filmmaker is still heading to the office with plenty of ideas. He's currently working on ideas for a new film. Dude, this man... I want to
1: be that. I want to be 82 years old, or 94, like at the time (laughs) when I wrote uh, Napoleon, uh, which was, uh, sorry, 94 when Stanley was alive. That's when I wrote Napoleon. I want to be that, just old and creating stuff.
0: He said in 2013 that he was serious this time about his retirement. He took a ten. He took a ten-year break and then came back.
1: Yes, but here's my this man is crazy. Here's my ultimate beat. I'm gonna pull a Family Guy. You know what grinds my gears? Born the Heron Teaser. Fantastic teaser.
0: Oh my god, so good.
1: Gives it a nine out of ten, and I even went on their page and was like, "Really, IGN?" (laughs) <laughs> Give the guy a 10. It's Hayao Miyazaki. Give him a 10. Give the man a 10. Why are you giving him an, a 9? Dude,
0: the, the teaser that we got was so beautiful. The animation was spotless. It was perfect. And on top of that, it, it also gave and I think I, I texted you it too when you, when you sent me the trailer. It had the weirdness like the weird Japanese animation and like weird plot points that I remember from, uh, Akira. Spirit. Oh, Akira. Okay. Akira. Akira. It gave me the Akira vibes because it was almost like unsettling, very close to like some of the stuff from spirited away, but Spirited away. I feel like had a little bit more of a, you know, it leaned a little more towards like childlike wonder almost. Whereas this seems like it leans a little bit more towards for me. It, like it's like body high. horror unsettling.
1: Mm-hmm. I think for me it would be Spirited Away meets when it comes to just initial reaction. I don't get a hero, mm-hmm. but I do because you can say it is body horror with the way the heron transforms all the time, and especially mm-hmm. with that creepy image we got uh, months or weeks before. But it reminds me of the Boy and uh, the Bear, sorry, the Boy and the Beast, which is not a Hayao mm-hmm. Miyazaki film, but I believe he's in the same vein as Hayao Miyazaki by uh, Mamoru Hoda, who does these movies, which we just saw recently in your place, uh, Bell. He did Bell, uh, directed mm. Bell. Um, if anyone ever seen uh, Summer Wars, uh, The Girl Who Left Through Time, that's his movies. But, and his movie, Wolf Children. But Boy and the Beast kind of reminds me of this, because this is called uh, Boy and the Heron. Uh, but for me, it's Boy and the Beast meets kind of like Spirit of the Way, but we won't know until we see that movie. I wonder where these tales came from, uh, or this tale came from, because you know there's a lot of lore in Japanese lore or myth uh, from his films. Um, Oda, uh, creator of one piece, does the same thing. a lot of his stories are taken from uh, from Japanese lore. like if you think about mm-hmm. uh the Boy in the Peach, uh, just so I let you know now, Justin, because you're semi up to date uh, mm-hmm. this character. Uh, Wow. Momonosuke, the little prince, the Japanese prince, he's based on the boy and the prince who he teams up with a monkey, a pheasant, and a dog to beat the dragon, which you kind of see. Those three hmm. creatures are it, the admirals. Obviously, he doesn't team up with the admirals to fight Kaido, but you get the story. But uh, I like that. I like that. Um, and for, we don't, I guess, we put that here in Hollywood, but again, Hollywood is dumb. So.
0: Well, I feel like when when it comes to like Japanese projects, uh, whether it be like, you know, movies or, or anime or anything like that. And I feel like when they pull from the mythos of, ja- of Japan, yeah. right? Because their storytelling is, you know, beyond anything else, in my opinion, um, it's super nuanced. Like a lot of these things are very nuanced and it's, even the bait like the um not the base but uh the original texts and stories like there's a lot of nuance and poetry to J- japanese mythos yeah like it's it's not as heavy-handed as what we're used to in the states yeah so it, it yeah, adds an element thing. of like magic to it all yeah. you know,
1: and then and talking about nuance we don't get a lot of that and i strictly say hollywood because and not just japan just anything that's not the u.s anything that's not north america it's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance. Like, you know, growing up in college, in school, not college, the school in general, we're told that the greatest texts, like Shakespeare is great, but the greatest texts is Shakespeare and uh, Paradise Lost and Dante's Inferno, all created by these, you know, basically white people, but there are also other stories around the globe that are great. And mind you, these great texts are nuanced as well, like freaking um, Macbeth, like, uh, the character Iago, he is the most mysterious character ever. We don't know why he did the thing he did, but he just does it because, just because he doesn't like. Sorry, I said Macbeth. I meant to say Othello. He just Othello, does it. To, yeah. He just does it to do it. And I remember Lawrence Fishburne just
0: because he struggling. just wants to watch the word burn.
1: Basically, so we would never get stuff like that because of creativity. Because suits are like we want money. And we want a movie that will create money or, or give us money, create money. So you got movies like Born the Heron. Look, say what you will. I love that Hayao Miyazaki, will, I will ne- never get tired of him. He'll be 130 and he's still creating stuff. I'll get annoyed because he's coming back, <laughs> but I'll be happy that he's giving us another story. And he doesn't even look 82. Dude look like he's 40. I'm exaggerating for a fact, <laughs> but he looks like he's 40.
0: He looks exactly how he looked ten years ago. Yo, because like you exactly
1: because he's lived he's creating, he's doing what he loves. Go watch our last after. He's like Talk he's he's creative.
0: creating at a level where like he literally cannot stop. It is overflowing from him, so he needs to continue like coming it, it, out I, of retirement. As
1: we're saying, this is why I think this is why we think uh, the, I guess, the globe, the world as a whole. The people that believe in a higher power think that um, God is an old man because he's probably just telling stories. <laughs> he's just mad old. God is just it's mad the world's,
0: old. it's the universe's greatest storyteller, right? Okay. So
1: you want you want to tell God your you want to make God laugh. Tell him your plans
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, it's this uh, was uh, a still... this was a trailer where I was like, damn. I don't know what this is, but I cannot wait to watch it like watched. it looks beautiful and there are some things in there that are jarring. there was some stuff like when it comes to like those toads covering the main character that was creepy. the changing between the man and like becoming the heron um there's a shot where a pelican is like all bloodied up and it's 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 jarring there is you know stuff there love? that's and, like speaking of that the
1: heron. Uh, or, yeah, I guess, because in Spirit of the Way, the subtle changes, and this is just goes to the animation part of it, like, it's like mid-transforming, because he's still a bird, but he's not mm-hmm. turning into a human. It's like he's a bird turning into a pheasant, because it's a different bird, I guess. It's like mm-hmm. he—it's like Pokemon, but it's like, think of, and I'm going to just use a uh, easy uh, Pokemon to remember, it's like Pidgey, and Pidgey, Pidgeotto's the second one. So it's it's like, it's Pidgey in between Pidgey and Pidgeotto. It's like he's mid-transforming. You guys have to see the trailer to see what I'm talking about. Because it's just like, he's just flying. He's not transforming. But he's flying, but he's changing. So he's taking a different form. I, I can't find the word. It's ineffable. So I just figured, just watch it.
0: And I can't describe it. Yeah, this is, this is a trailer to watch, for sure. Um, Okay, and then... The last one here, which is like,
2: it, it
0: saps my energy. Like just thinking about it, there is my soul, like portions of my soul is, are actually leaving my body because Aquaman two is still happening. We're getting a full trailer tomorrow. It saps my soul because I don't understand why this is still happening. Like, I don't get it. You know, this is just just it, give Jason m- Momoa
1: his money and then cancel. Movies. Yeah, just,
0: like just make this a straight to DVD. Like, why? Why is this still not even coming
1: streaming. out? <laughs> not even no, blu ray straight to
0: straight to DVD straight to DVD, straight to DVD <laughs> bro. Yeah, man. Like, what is what is the point of this movie? We're getting a movie. And it's clearly so they can make their money back off of you know all but the why time not make spent. It
1: a tax like you did with that bro?
0: which was another sad thing, which people actually wanted to see, but then it got cut. Like, then you give us this garbage right after the last piece of garbage. Like, I, I just don't understand. I like, think,
1: and then even Black Adam, even though for what it was, I like, again, I did enjoy that movie. I didn't like that. It, it just grinds my gears with, you got us so hyped that Henry Cavill was coming back. Other, the movie's great, but that, particular moment was upset
0: and it's just like clearly there was a semblance of a thought right that was put into these things you know black adam had its cliffhangers then we had the flash where we found out later the flash was supposed to end at a cliffhanger that would set up the the next phase of the dcu but then they decided to freaking shoehorn you know spoiler warning they shoehorn George Clooney into it and it makes the, the ending just a fan service moment that didn't need to be. And now we go into blue beetle, which is the first helping of this new DCU. Um, uh, although, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran didn't have a hand in it. This is the first like entity that's established in the DCU. Um, fine. But now we're getting Jason Momoa's, uh, Aquaman two, which is another remnant of the old DC, and it's like, come on, are you going to give us another freaking, you know, cliffhanger ending or cameo where it's like, yeah. oh, that's cool, I guess, but it's never going to pay off. Like, what is and the point? And I remember
1: uh, Ben Affleck was on set recording the scene. So I'm wondering, like, is he going to be in it or you got to cut it and do something else? Because, like, and then there's that other thing, too. Like, there's talks that Gal Gadot is still going to be in the new yep. realism, not as Wonder Woman. It's like, then what are you doing? Or there, Jason Momoa is supposed to be local, but it's like, it's going to be local and like, that doesn't make any sense. Be clear. Like, my thing is, and when I ever get to this, I guess, pedestal, I would talk to my fans. I know it would be, it's a little much, but I'm not at the level of DC, but be clear, be transparent, be like, hey, look, Jason Momoa is not Aquaman anymore, or like, don't just, these rumors are coming out, because they're coming from somewhere.
0: You know, cut your losses like you ready. you cut Batgirl right dude you should have let Flash really serve up the next phase right if you it, wanted that's that to an be
1: MMO. that's an MMO because it really like you have the source material you have the animated movie you have the TV show like you could have been like alright let's reset the you know, that's the movie I wanted to see. and I didn't see that anymore.
0: yeah that's the movie you wanted that to be a bridge fine a hundred percent. You could literally converge every DC entity into one movie and be like, this is the rebirth. This is the new set setup." And you decided not to do that. You decided to give a bunch of fan service, which is like cool in the moment. But then in the overarching picture, it's like, what was this even for? You know, it, that should have been the bridge, but then we're also still getting these remnants, you know, like, let it die then stop getting hopes up like what is the point of this movie coming out what is the point of teasing us with these images and trailers and it's just like this movie one should have been out like a year ago so why why are we still waiting but like dude just just put it out like like somewhere like i said straight to dvd dude like or make it available on amazon to buy like just get it out there there's no reason to make this a full theatrical release you're gonna lose money on it there's no way it's gonna like they lost money on flash so you're going to lose money on aquaman too like it's it's gonna happen the faith in dc properties is next to none you know it's sad, but it's true. Like this is the, this is the situation, you know? And it's really upsetting. Not that I'm Aquaman's biggest fan, but like, like in general, just the character. Like you, I'm, and but, I'm
1: sure like, i are joking, uh, putting this up, me and Justin always have this thing where like, for example, I always like Aquaman uh, because again, for those who don't know me and you're tuning in for the first time, I love underdogs. Unfortunately, because of the TV show back in the day, they, they kind of screwed up Aquaman. Go ahead, Justin. Say what you're say.
0: Cause he sucks.
1: Anyway. But so there you go. This is that's the banter between me and Justin. But if let's say the movies were fine, I'm sure you would have gone seen them. Yeah. And stuff talk to us about Alcheman. Um again, when I saw the first Alcheman, I enjoyed it, but there was just too much going on. I think they could have like, I loved
0: opinion. Jason Momoa's casting. I enjoyed that that was the version of Aquaman they were going for. Which is surprising and it
1: took this long, too, to change his race or his skin color. Because
0: uh, it makes I sense. I just The overall direction of Aquaman, I was, I was down for it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice direction. Yeah, but then in, in execution, it was terrible. Like These things were like... I love them they, in like, League. Well, not
1: Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League.
0: It was palatable, right? But it was just, it, it wasn't up to snow. You know, just, ju- yeah, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, it was an actual movie. Is it a 10 out of 10? No, but that's the kind of movie that could have actually went toe to toe with different Marvel properties, that kind of movie. But, you know, where we are now, that's a remnant of the past. And, you know, I would be surprised if this movie, like, really made money after its tenure in in theaters. So, I, we yeah. shall see.
1: Uh, and then, there, there, yeah, just to cap it, there are a lot of fans, like, when I was surprised the first movie made was its first movie to make a billion dollars. Maybe it could do it again, but we don't know. We'll wait and see.
0: If, I, if Aquaman 2 makes a billion dollars, I'll go see it in the theaters.
1: I'll, I'll say the same
0: if it If it breaks that, if it truly makes a billion dollars, I'll go see it in the theaters because then I'm missing out on something, but it, I truly don't think it will. but talking about a property that in makes billions of dollars that's in, in the, the waters. waters that I'm sure has made billions of dollars over its tenure, one piece one piece. <laughs> We've talked about it before. We're going to give a, a breakdown of the Netflix adaptation. It's going to be spoiler free. We're not going to, it's not going to be super in yeah. depth, but oh, we are yeah. going to give our thoughts on it. Um, we will do, I know we keep putting off our spoiler cast, but this one, we will do a full spoiler cast breakdown on the one, on one piece, the Netflix adaptation. We have to, yeah. but opening thoughts, I thought it was super fun.
1: Yeah. Uh same. Like again, for me, it's nostalgia. Like, I I understand that and look, the fandom loves it. So I'll say that first. But for me, I can imagine someone that saw One Piece within five years and was like, That's trash. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't grow up with it. I tech we technically grew up with One Piece. And seeing i just it's like oh man like it It really kind of brings you in and I, I do follow a one piece page on facebook and i keep seeing these questions like hey where should i start one piece and someone was like episode one like the anime I'm like start from yeah. episode one don't be an idiot start from episode one because there's going to be nuances you do miss if you're going to start this 1000 episode journey mind you if you're binging something for people that love to binge and complain about being a thousand you're gonna finish it and be like where's the rest of it like it's very upsetting because you want more like for someone who reads and watches it it's like I can't let it stack up because it'll get spoiled the chapter or episode will get spoiled for me Um, the only thing I let stack up is the anime going back to the show it, it does its job can't take it seriously if you're a one piece fan you can't take it seriously because you know how wacky the world is I love how they didn't when it came to combat it wasn't as crazy because, again, when it comes to the first fifty episodes, it's not as crazy. Um, they're able to truncate a lot of the episodes and/or story into. Can you hear me? Uh, I yeah. My light, yeah, my light went out. That was weird. Um, the they're able to tr- truncate a lot of the stories into eight episodes, and it does a fairly good job. Um, it's not a nitpick; it's just a thing that, and it it's not a nitpick because it makes sense. In eight episodes, they become, like, close friends. But it works out because they're not close friends. You can see that. And that's what I love about the live action because it lets you see a lot of the facial muscle and features and the acting that we can't really see in the manga or the anime. Because, for those who don't know, and this is not a spoiler, in a thousand episodes, only three years have passed, but they became friends within a year. They Mm -hmm. became Best friends in a year, all all of them, with before the time skip. So in eight episodes, they're able to show that they're not really that close. That's how they are. If you go and read and watch it, and if you did it on a weekly basis, it's kind of like, oh, these are because you grew up with them over twenty five years. You think that they think that you're we're best friends. They're not like you and me within the first couple episodes. So it's cool to see that. I have no complaints. I don't want to rave about it, and be like it's the best thing ever, but it is the best thing because Oda is able to break break the curse because because they talk about anime and then video games. Sonic mm-hmm. was one of the first uh, video games yeah. movies to break it, um, and then now when you look at Cowboy Bebop, I don't I didn't have a problem with it. The only beef I had with it was the character Vicious, you know the the storyline. Vicious was not supposed to be you know a punk in my opinion. you've seen the source material or the show, Vicious is the like main antagonist. He's a very stoic, observant, evil presence in the background. That's my only beef. People didn't like it. But with this, it works. Other, my my beef is IGN giving it a six, saying it's too close to the source material. What is your problem? Come on. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's sticking too close. To it. Yes, it's gonna stick close to it. You can't.
0: It, that's Oda's but story. But you know what? They did so much in terms of like making it their own. It is a very much. It's a different ride. It's, like it's 100%. The, it's a hundred percent. It's
1: the same story, but it's a different ride. Like we're, we're getting off off screen fights that we like. The the one scene, and I'll and this is where I'll say, look, if you don't care for One Piece. Please watch the scene where Mihawk makes his appearance. That's, that, that happens in the anime and manga. But we don't see that. He destroyed their ship before, and he, I'm talking about Mihawk, confronting the, uh, Don Creek Pirates, which is a character that has these gold men. He's basically Gold Iron Man. Um, he shows up, beat up, because Mihawk, off screen, fought. In the live action series, you see him, Fighting everybody, and he you does see him
0: washing them,
1: washing them,
0: like forget Aboliting. fighting, oh, yes, absolute right. forget dominating, dominating. <laughs> just
1: not even a chance. Yes, it is wacky. A man with a sword fighting an armada. Yeah, I don't care what you think. It worked. Animation, uh, sorry, animation CGI looked great. The sea king in the beginning looked great. It looked like Godzilla, and with the, all the water leaving its skin. Mm-hmm out the water Luffy doing my favorite attack in the entire series gum gum gatling gun or gum ga whichever like that looked really good even uh what's his name buggy the clowns uh double food. The like, chop that chop looked, that, that
0: looked really good
1: good and they do a little homage to his like his cover story where he turns into this sh- he shrinks when he loses his body parts he shrinks into a mini buggy. And he has his own storyline off the, off the main storyline. Like, that worked for me. It was great.
0: Yeah. Now, and I, and I mimic what you were saying, too. Like, is it a perfect entity? No. But it did what it meant to do. I think the casting was say great. What you,
1: and also, say what you told me, and I said the same thing. It made me smile. First episode made oh, me smile. Every the point of episode... one piece is to make you smile. Like, that's all I'll say.
0: Every episode made me smile. Some episodes made me cry. There was one scene where I was l- sitting there with actual tears rolling down my face because I felt the same way I felt when I first watched that scene. Yeah. Like when I watched that scene as a kid, 20 something years ago on like *Tsunami* or whatever the hell I was, or four kids probably. Mm-hmm. And I watched that scene and I was like, this is what... This is like what the show is about. Mm. It's about that, like that bond of friendship. And, you know, it, what Jay said is true. They're not best friends in the beginning. They're just not. They don't have that rapport. You see some of it building as they go. Um, but the one thing that stays constant is that Luffy is immediately best friends with all of them. He immediately sees them as his best friends and he would do anything for them, even if they're not convinced yet. And that is the same concept that it's brought to the live action show. And the, the scene in episode eight, I guess, I think it was, it was either, it might have been the end of seven, actually. Um, it got me. I was like, Gee, like, this is, this was that scene. I felt it again. I felt inner Justin, inner child Justin from 20 something <laughs> years ago rewatching that scene and older Justin rewatching, uh, watching the live action all at once. And I was like, they did it. They nailed it. Those important scenes from the anime and the manga, they did justice in the live action. They did. You know, there were some things where, you know, you can see some of the budget maybe wasn't there because it was in other places, which is fine. Um, my biggest hope is that it does get multiple seasons. I don't want. Just one more, like I want the next season to be like a 20, 20 episode season, and then we keep building from there. Like, let's think, make this. I don't,
1: and I don't think they twenty is a little much. They can if they can do a lot in eight, I'll get, I'll take the eight or ten. Mm-mm.
0: Because definitely I not eight it. again. I need because more. They,
1: they can do Alabasta in the next season. Because like, yeah, but the way you, Pikachu, the way Pikachu looks like in Detective Pikachu, you give me Chopper, or I'm losing my my my, my poops. I, didn't want to like, I feel word. like if I'm they were to give my
0: mind <laughs> if they were to give us another 8 episode season we're gonna end like at Alabasta
1: yeah and but the thing is I believe Alabasta deserves its own season yeah so then when sure. Alabasta has its own season and then right after Alabasta um, Skypea deserves its own season because remember we're Absolutely. still building together we still gotta get Vivi and Chopper so mm-hmm. I think give me another 8 season end at Alabasta then all these arcs start to have their um, 8 episodes Bro, give me a
0: 20-episode season, split it into two. Part one, then part two. But then two. you're giving me
1: Stranger Things, or like the Attack on Titan crap.
0: <laughs> ten episodes! Ten hours! Fine! I'm okay with that. I don't want to wait another year to watch eight episodes. That's bothersome.
1: Yeah, but you know Netflix.
0: And uh, and the other thing is, like, yeah, it's Netflix. Like, who knows when they want to yeah, drop the hammer and cancel the, it.
1: The, they don't follow the structure of regular TV. But um, I'll say this, though. And I said this before when we recorded. If, if um, Oda is trying to tell his original story within, like, quote, unquote, five years to tell the story, I'm sure he had that plan. Um, he already introduced in this season the idea of warlords. He doesn't have to necessarily use the emperors as before. Maybe he could, but um, we'd have to see. But uh, I'm just happy that people loved it. I enjoyed it. Favorite scene was the Mihawk uh, appearance. What made this digestible, I did watch it in Japanese and in English, but like not like mm-hmm. I watched the entire season twice. Like The first episode I watched in Japanese, then I watched the second one with you in English. But, and for those who don't know, you can turn it into Japanese. Unfortunately, the Japanese version was not in our regular programming. I, like, changed the, the, something in the settings to make it Japanese, which is weird that I had to do that for, for like, come on, Netflix. Do your job. Anyway. um, It was even more digestible for me to listen to it because I watched One Piece in Japanese. Their voice weren't bad in English. I just think it was just, easier for me for to like be sucked into it because I felt like I just saw my favorite characters come to life
2: like mm-hmm.
1: from cart from like cartoony like yeah. into the yeah and I'm like hearing their voices like I'm, I'm forgetting this actress's name but the actress who plays Luffy like I would have loved if they had like an alternate English like if it was the the, the original
0: dub like that oh my like, god the four kids voices like, yes like, I would have loved that. I would have. I would have been foaming at the mouth. Like you have the regular
1: English and then the
0: English, the four kids dub,
1: the tsunami uh, version, and then the Japanese. But um, yeah, it it was cool. Like I enjoyed it. I do plan on watching it again, but it's just so fresh in my head. I like. I do want to go back and watch those scenes. Um, My only, my now, my only beef, and you will agree too. People's beef on like race swap. I'm like, bro, someone was like, Why is Nami's sister black when she's I'm like, they're not like if
0: you bro, get out of here. First of all, they say it in the show,
1: they're not even related. None of them yeah. are related. It doesn't matter. That's like saying why is Usopp black? Usopp has always been a black character. It's always just, been black. In my opinion, I think Oda did great with like the, the black characters. Because some of them you don't want to anger the you don't want to, like, not anger, but what's the word I'm looking for? Offend? Yes, that's the word thing. You don't want to offend people of color because of that. So you just say that they're this race. Obviously, like, um, there's also this other issue where they're saying Zoro's racist. Because every time he fights people of color, think about it. Like, remember the first person he fought? That was, uh, it was, uh, when they went to, I believe it wasn't Syrup Village. It was... When they meet Vivi and they go to that island and it's the woman, Miss, I forget her name. I think it was Miss Christmas. She's the broad, like, black girl with the pink hair. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, destroys her and he beats Mr. One. They're all black characters. In the current uh, run of the, the latest episodes, there's another character who's dark-skinned. But then someone who I follow, I'm just going to shout out, because shout out she says it perfect. Fantastic Frankie. She's, uh, she's on IG. Go follow her. She says that, like, she hears people saying that Zoro's racist, but I'm like, Zoro's ideal is to chase after people that are strong. So if he, in his mind, he sees that white people are the epitome, not saying they are, I'm just saying, if he sees it in his mind, that they are the strongest being in this one-piece world, he will chase after that, that, that person that is stronger. It doesn't matter what they are. Think about it. Mihawk is not black, but he's still going to want to fight him. It doesn't mean he's racist he's just going after these people um it's just, I, think I, do it's just it, I do find it weird that he does fight a lot of people of color but I love Piece so much to even
0: I, I, would, I would like to see the stats I'm sure somewhere someone has actually counted it out I would like to see how it stacks up like people like that he's fought people of color versus I guess the white people, people. Yeah. um so I would like to see what those stats and, are because I and, feel like it's not a overwhelming number and it's, on top of that, like you said, he's fighting the strongest people there. He's not like you're black. I'm going to fight you. It's like, hey, you're super strong. I like, need to take care of you. Like it's that's like, what it's it like, is. It's like
1: I don't like black people. Usopp, get out.
0: Yeah, like, like anyway, that. I think doesn't have any ground. The I point, think when that's when it comes dumb.
1: The live action. There's a lot of race swap, which is again that's the point of why I enjoyed like, it. Lucky Rue being black and hitting people with the turkey leg. Best Dude. thing in this. That was great. yassap, great. That whole fight sequence with the uh, uh, red with hair. With the ricochet pirate,
0: off of his yeah, arm like, and everything. Yeah, we didn't
1: really get that. Again, my only... Again, I keep saying my only beef, but they're little things. They're not nitpicks. I think it was more impactful if they used the line of when Bandit pointed the gun to Shanks. That... And then give me the fight sequence, but that would no. have been like, hey, pirates don't... If you're whipping out a gun... You're using mm-hmm. it to kill. We don't play fair. We're pirates. We don't care what we are. Like, we're going to fight you. Then give me the sequence. I think that was very impactful. But the fight sequence was great. Just the turkey leg takes the win. The turkey leg should like be He was impactful. hitting
0: them and then eating it. It was fantastic. Like, what Lucky more could you great. want? Yasop
1: was great and uh, Beckman was great. I wish they showed more of Beckman, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. And then having watching the anime, movie, they're all like big. I guess yeah. lined up characters, Ben Becker, he's not like, a, he's not fat, but he's like kind of a stocky
0: guy. He's stocky. So
1: like, it, it, and again, none of these actors are not like, they're not filled with star power, which is great because I can't be like, I know where these people are from. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some actors I didn't know where they were from, but it was great. Perfect cast.
0: Yeah. I loved, I loved the casting. I loved when, I mean, um, some of the child uh,
1: actors who, were not that great. In my mind.
0: I thought they were fine. I think Usopp's child actor was the weakest. If I'm being honest, I really like Nami's. I thought Nami's did a Nami's good job. Nami's
1: was like probably the best.
0: Um, what's her name? It's Nojiko, right? Nojiko yes. is yes. Nami's sister. I thought, dude, the only thing from the anime is Nojiko supposed to be hot. I thought they nailed it. I thought she was like, I thought she was super beautiful. I I I dug My, it.
1: And... Again, when it comes to the racist nerds out there, it was very upsetting to see that. This it's like when there's a problem when someone has a problem and it's about one piece, you're nitpicking and then not just nitpicking, you're just racist at this point. She's very attractive. And yeah. it you're saying why is she like, why is that your first thought? Be happy we got something.
0: I was I Same thing I, with first off to, Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, thing. same
1: thing in the Star Wars when We got uh, Obi-Wan, when the character, the, the Inquisitor. We got a black well, A lot of racist nerds. For what? We got Obi-Wan. We got... And she's a great actress. Why are you, why are you getting like, heated over this? But yes.
0: Like, there's nothing that it takes away at all. Like, n- and not even a little bit. You know, I was actually... I think that One Piece, the manga and anime, actually does a pretty good job at inclusion then for the live action to step it up even more and be even better with inclusion. I was like, this is, per- this is awesome. You're looking at this world that is completely make believe. You can see that some people come from different parts of what our world would be, but. The fishermen I, I are
1: I clearly black too. I believe all the actors were black because technically, and they even say it in the line, they've been enslaved and they said all those yeah. things. And it's like, clearly that's supposed to be black people. Like, when it comes to our reality and I loved it.
0: But I thought it was just done so perfectly. Like everything about it was done great. I think it was handled well. There was no like sticking out like a sore thumb kind of deal when it came to the race swapping or anything like that. I I think everyone was written correctly. There was no like big stereotypes that were touched on. Like, I, I think it was great. There was, I was happy to see that level of inclusion, right? Because like I said, I like how the anime does it. And I think they just. And again, it was
1: to be safe, but I think because he didn't want to offend anyone. Because you didn't want Akira Toriyama with freaking Popo. Like, you didn't want that. Yeah. 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 No one likes that.
0: Um, But yeah. All in all, it's definitely a watch. I enjoyed it. It put a smile on my face. I'm actually getting to watch it again because Erica's watching it. So. You know, we sit down, we've been watching uh, yeah. episode by I'm episode. Have,
1: like, like, Gabby wants to, I well, not she wants to, I want to actually see what her opinions are. She knows that I love the franchise. I kind of mm-hmm. want to see just her opinion on just a show. Because not throwing her under the bus, when it comes to anime, it's just like, it kind of creeps her out when it comes to, like, I kind of just have yeah. big eyes and I get it. She doesn't watch anime. But just, like, that's like probably the only show I would tell her, like, yo, you should watch this. But yep. when it comes to live action, she can just check it out. I'm like, oh, it's good. I'm like, okay. She probably thought yeah, it was did. That's fine. I just want to see her opinion.
0: We're going through it. She was intrigued by the first episode. It kind of got her. There was some stuff that she liked. Um, she she actually, the two that I thought were the weakest, three and four, she actually liked. She liked three and four, the the, the little arc with Usopp and please. them.
1: Does she like um, Once Upon a Time? Does she ever watch it or ever watched it?
0: She's talked about it. I don't think she's ever sat down and watched it. Because I know
1: that is a very popular, or was a popular show when it was on ABC. Yeah. That's what One Piece reminds me of. That same cinematography, that fantastical look. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time has that. and One Piece For has sure. That. So I think, I can see why it did so well.
0: So, so yeah, So she in, she enjoyed episodes three and four. The whole the thing with Usopp and Kaya and all that. Um, my favorite episode was five. She watched it and she enjoyed it, but she was like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for her, I guess, but she enjoyed it at the end. Um, no spoilers, but when the thing happens with Zoro, she was like, nah, that's not the end of it. Right. And I was like, no, just gotta keep watching. Um, so she's going to finish it out, but, uh, yeah, she's, she's enjoyed it so far, but, um, I'm happy that I get to watch these episodes a second time through and really like, Soak it in, you know?
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: I'm gonna <sighs> spend more time so, on it, but
1: I don't want to. Because...
0: <laughs> yes. We, we, get we'll to cut the it end. there. We'll cut it there. Um please keep an eye out for the spoiler the full spoiler cast on um we promise one piece that we'll do for sure. 100 percent So moving into our video game news, we only got two pieces here. Um the critically acclaimed game Stray. Where you get to play as a little kitty cat walking through a huge uh, post-apocalyptic uh, futuristic world. It's a uh, like a s- decaying cyber city, is how this article puts it. It is actually getting the animated movie treatment, which is pretty cool. I think that whole world lends itself to be a pretty kick-ass anime or not anime animated movie. Uh, the visuals are super striking. The colors are beautiful. Um, and then on top of that, having a silent protagonist, that's just the goodest little kitty cat boy ever. I think it's a home run.
1: I'm with it. Silent movies. You got me. And
0: it's so. Annapurna has announced, I guess, I guess that's the studio. Uh, blue 12 studio. Well-received 2022 adventure game gets the animated treatment from Annapura's recently launched animation division. Yep. Led by former Disney animation executives, Robert Baird and Andrew Milstein. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, Stray is a third person cat adventure game set amid the detailed neon lit alleys of a decaying cyber city and the murky environments of its seedy underbelly. So that's super cool. I would love to see this in an animated movie, um, especially by a studio led by uh, former Disney animation executives. I'm, all of those things have scratched the itches in my brain where I'm like, I need to check this out. So, Oh, and you know what? That's the studio that did uh, *Namona* on Netflix. The one with the, the like shape shifting girl, the red, the red character. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, there, that is a perfect, that's a perfect studio for this same type of color palette. And like that, Two and a half D like cell shading, I think would be perfect for this. If they go that route. Um, yeah. So something to keep an eye out. We'll obviously cover this as it develops, but you know, we might be waiting quite a little bit until we hear anything else. Just do it all, uh, due to all the strike, yeah. strikes. And then last piece here, um, something that we've covered a couple of times over the past, like two, three months Just because the rumors are starting, I guess I get some groundswell here. Um, The Switch 2, the sequel to the Nintendo Switch, actually seems like it's a real thing. So, you know, earlier this year, some rumors kind of slated it to release in late 2024. So we are coming to the close of 2023. They could be waiting for a new fiscal year to announce Switch 2 um just to like get past holidays so that people spend their money and don't save it right because once you announce the new thing people are gonna be like oh i'm not gonna buy this stuff i'll just hold off to the new things come so we could be getting news of it at the beginning of a, of a new year but who knows but apparently the switch to obviously code name or whatever we don't know the actual name was demoed to select developers at gamescom 2023 So reports from both Eurogamer and VGC suggested that the console showcased an improved version of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, It was apparently running at 4K 60 frames per second, which is, like, pretty badass. Yeah. So everything else is super sparse. Like, there's not a lot of details here, but these latest rumors come from... Nate the hate podcast in which the host claims that claims to have been told that the game's contact demo saw breath of the wild uh and apparently showing off that load times had been erased okay so it's pretty cool i mean there's a couple more like specs on it that are a little more in the weeds but i, I don't really care about that right now especially since these are just rumors. Uh this is coming off of Nintendo Life, the the website if you guys if anyone wants to go check a look and uh check out what they were saying. But I'm all for a new Switch. I've had mine for what f- 5 6 years now. Um I'm I'm all for a next generation. What about you?
1: Uh I'm too. I'm just if it's backwards capable, I I will. Like if it lets me transfer my digital files over, I'll do it. If not, mm-hmm. I'm probably not gonna. And or yeah, it just you know, it depends same. on. It just depends on money too. Like again, I as of now, like I'm gonna be the Hayao Miyazaki of like game consoles, like for sure. PS Five is my last console, Um, unless I have time and money. Um mm-hmm. Switch kind of similar, but the thing is, Switch is a little more portable, so I'm like. Switch 2 comes out and it's like, hey, backwards capability, transfer all your files and I can trade it in and probably not get much for it. Sure, I'll do it.
0: Yeah, I think I'm saying I'm in the same way. Like it would have to be. It would it would also still have to be that price point. I think the switch launched at 400. It would have to stay around there or cheaper. Like I would not pay more than that um i would definitely wait a little bit like i'm i'm typically not an early adopter when it comes to consoles so i'll wait that like six to eight months until like it stabilizes and yeah backwards capability is a big thing for me especially with the switch like i have a lot of physical cartridges that i would like to use and um like i go back to games every once in a while plus my nintendo account has all my purchases on it i should be able to carry over my games like that's a pretty big deal. So yeah, those, I, I'm kind of in the same boat there, but I am anxious to see a new iteration. I would like to see some upgrades to the switch, you know, randomly last year, we got that software update that gave us Bluetooth and like the world went crazy because it was like, this was in here all the time and no one, no one turned it on. Right. Yeah. So I would like to see some additions to it, a bigger model, like an XL version, I guess, like just bigger screen, like. Let me, let me get some more like tactile functions. You know, the, the OLED did a good job with the upgraded, like kickstand. Um, I think it had the ethernet port built in. Um, there was just a a couple of like quality of life, um, upgrades to it and, you know, going along with the OLED screen. Um, but I would like to see a, a bigger update to the switch, like remove a bunch of that bezel, like give me more screen real estate make the screen bigger, make the Joy-Cons maybe a little bigger, a little thicker. Yeah. But also, compatibility with past Joy-Cons would be great because I know there's a lot of people that have, you know, made collecting Joy-Cons a thing, right? This is the first time where we had, like, I guess, like, built-in collectible controllers because of all the different color schemes that they had. So, I think that's important too. Like maybe they don't click on, but maybe they still can connect, like via the little hand, uh, like the hand controller thing that it comes yeah, with, right? It's it's a little like the little uh,
1: holster. The GameCube controller has an adapter, so you can bring it over. It's a little bit of work, but hey, I can still use the GameCube controller. GameCube controller on there. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what this could be, and I would like to see something uh, sooner rather than later. But with that, that is it for, uh, for what was on the docket. Let's run into our, um, weekly wrap. Weekly so, rap. Jay, what were you, what have you been watching, reading or playing? All right. So it's been two
1: weeks. Uh, I know that. Sorry guys, because life things do happen for, for everyone. Uh, so I watched, uh, I finally finished season one of, uh, Unicorn Warrior Eternal, great okay, the way it ends it's like so when you start watching the show, do not try to figure out the timeline like why uh in England and steampunk is a thing and where wh- the way it ends it's like it doesn't matter, and uh for those who are just go for of, the ride, just go for the ride because when it ends, you're gonna be like, I need to see season two um it's great uh for those who don't know, I remember i I brought this up before it's basically about four uh I guess warriors throughout time—they've been like uh, not in, not invoked. Uh, they've been chosen. Called, they've been chosen, called to uh, arm, called to arms to protect the world from evil. And every certain amount of time, their souls are. Oh, there's, first of all, so it's it's um, it's yeah. So it's three souls that their souls are held inside of a. Magical robot, so every couple of years or hundreds of years or whatever, when there's a new evil arising, the robot comes from out from its hiding place or whatever wherever it's stashed, and it just releases the souls into a human to basically take over their body Once the evil is done, uh, he retrieves the souls um and then goes into hibernation again so but this time when the show opens up, it's just like something just. He was not supposed to wake up at that time. He woke up and chose uh, these people. But, like, for example, uh, one of the main characters, she's a woman. She, her soul goes into, so so the robot goes into a wedding. Like, there's a wedding that's about to happen. And he, the robot, releases the soul into this woman. And instead of the soul taking over the human body, it becomes a new entity. So it's not the human's, mind it's not the soul's mind it's just a new creation so there's a disturbance there and then when um there's an elf who basically uh his soul goes into uh, another body uh he has all his memories but he's younger and then when the space time soul guy he's like a monk who goes into he goes into a little boy who's super young but he's just like very immature for his age so it's just like it Things got screwed up in this re- reincarnation, um, in this mm-hmm. process. So uh, before I, uh, I don't want to spend too much time. on it, definitely check it out if you love Genndy Tartakovsky, who created uh, Samurai Jack, Primal, um, and I. I Powerpuff he created, Girls. He created, or he just did the art?
0: No, he created
1: I, I and uh, Dexter.
0: I think he just did the art for Dexter, but he and create created it. power and created Powerpuff Girls.
1: Okay, but for example. If you like the art, like those works, definitely check this out. It's not the same art style, but uh, it's very rubber hosey. Um, and I start loving that word because that's something that Justin's semi getting into. But it's it's more Betty Boop, Betty Bop. What is, is it, Betty Boop? Boop, okay. Betty Boop. Yeah, what kind of art style is that? That's not rubber hose,
0: but it's uh, around the techni- same timeline. Technically, it is, because okay. um, it it is done by. Um... Oh my God. Slicer. Max Fleischer?
1: got Gotcha. Well, yeah, it does have that feel, because like, they move like rubbery if they're going to like do a run or something like that. It does happen. The show is serious. Um, but I think it's a good idea to binge, because me, I did wait. A, I watched it weekly, and it was like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? So I did let it stack the last five episodes, and just binged it, and it was great.
0: So, quick note, Powerpuff Girls was created by Craig McCracken, but um... Uh, Gendy Tartakovsky did the art and he was a director of okay, yeah, so
1: he was a a big part of it. Uh, oh, and Clone Wars, you those little segments. Oh, the original Clone Wars, the original Clone Wars before the 3D uh, animation, he did those. Mm -hmm. Um, which I gotta binge because I love those, I've never really seen them in its entirety.
0: I think the Um, whole um, thing's only like an hour, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, all together. I watched the first like five minutes and I'm like, I need. Experience. Um. What else was I, what was I doing? So I'm, I'm. I think it's done. I've been waiting for a couple, like two weeks now, for the next episode of Super My Adventures with Superman. But good mm-hmm. show. If you love Avatar, you love Legend of Korra. It's the same animation style in the sense that it's it's anime, but for Superman, and it has that kind of like Japanese slapstick, but it's not slapstick. But if you get what I mean, that type of humor, uh, it has those anime uh, uh, tropes. Uh, like those little whip movements of when like someone's nervous or like or, or blushing it's again if you like avatar totally spies legend of korra Teen titans uh the 2012 version of uh tmnt if you like that style that's what my adventure of superman is uh, i guess it's finished but again the way it ended it's very cliffhangery but i don't know that was good um, I, I finished season one of gargoyles I'm in season two, which is great. Um, I can't wait to uh, finish ballers? it. Ballers, the gargoyles, the Rock. Gargoyles. Sorry, I feel like I'm never oh. saying it correctly. gargoyles,
0: gargoyles. I think you um, said ballers, and I was like the the, the Dwayne rock, the Rock Johnson show.
1: I actually started that like years ago when it first came out, but I like stopped. Mm-hmm. It. I heard it was good, but I'm I don't care for it anymore. Um, so yeah, uh, gargoyles is great. Like if you guys remember gargoyles definitely check it out again it's on disney plus i've been slacking to watch it but then one day i was just like it became my night routine i would watch that with like uh unicorn eternal warriors uh this is the north star which is like an old old show um yeah i've, I've been busy getting my weekly rap in. you know i'm trying to get all my stuff in there <laughs> um i was gonna play uh final fantasy just to have it in there but i haven't played anything besides uh what did we play together recently, we did uh, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, and I played a little bit of Mario Party with uh, my wife and her cousin. Um, but yeah, and then what else? I'm watching Seinfeld. I'm on season five, so like now I'm just like getting through it because it's just like now I'm just like you know when you like binge a show. I, I, I guess for you it's not the same because you you just have it on the background. For me, I like this is my second time watching um, Seinfeld uh, in its entirety, like through and through. So it's fun to like laugh. Uh, watching the show and like Gabby like she doesn't watch it but oh it I still that. I still
0: <laughs> laugh at everything yeah. I still like, giggle it's, it's, yeah it's still like...
1: great like I cannot laugh at it uh, when Gabby's just like sitting in the wherever we're, we are and we're watching it or when I'm watching she's sitting there I just like I'm like babe like look look how dumb. like Kramer just to tell people Kramer is the Joker he is chaos literally the episode <laughs> top of the episode he says something and that just ruins the old episode like one one scene where kramer is just like oh yeah you know if you you have a death in the family you're flying you can tell the you can tell the people at the Mm -hmm. airport and then you know george being the cheapskate he is he's like really and i'm like i already knew because i forgot but i'm like it already sets up for george to fail and because he's such a cheapskate he's just gonna do it without questioning it and then you find out you have to have a death certificate and then he looks at kramer and he's like you son of a like he just messed it up for everybody
0: but Kramer still comes out on top always.
1: He he always comes out on top, but it's because like, remember I not on top. He he lands on his feet on skates. That's the, that's what. I'm okay, thinking. yeah. Because remember, he comes out on top um, sometimes.
0: The whole thing with that specific episode, right? Um, Kramer was like, "I'll go in half with you, and we could use. Uh, I'll just get the the miles, miles. to my account." And it was like, I'll go in half. And that way you get a ticket for a quarter of the price. And George is like, yeah, bet. When we get there, Kramer doesn't have his wallet, so he can't pay. And then George pays for the whole thing only to find out that he needs that death certificate, which he never gets.
1: There's two two things that happen because I think there's two flight episodes because there's one where he had to pay. It's two airport episodes.
0: There's a a different one.
1: And then there's the one where he just had to get it just to cross over. Yeah. The, uh, thing. He just has and to then a George ticket. ends up
0: stuck on the he's plane. Like, and he
1: flies to, I forget, it was, it was in Tulsa, it was like somewhere.
0: It was uh, random, yeah. But that's
1: yeah. how the episode... Ends. But yeah, it's a, he's such a... He's an agent of chaos without even knowing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's great. Um, like, even the, the Junior Mint, like, it fell into the body, and I was like, that wild. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I was watching that, and then Ahsoka, oh, man, Ahsoka, that... The soundtrack... Don't talk just, about The last episode. The last episode was last week, yeah. Uh, Last week, yeah. The new episode was in in theaters.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, because of how good the way the last episode ended It was in theaters. But um, I'll say just, you love it. Well, I know I love samurai movies or samurai stuff. Music is great. Ahsoka is great. Rosario Dawson is great. All the casting is great. Um Steven, what's his name? Who, who passed away? The actor, oh the,
0: the bad guy, right?
1: Yeah, Stephen something. He passed away. I love his acting. He's very stoic. His fight style, so, so you can say, uh, Ahsoka is very samurai, while his fighting style is very uh, knight based because he moves like a knight in shining armor. So when he, hmm. even in the trailer, oh. you see, so it's not sportless when he fights. He does like angular fights, and he's because mm-hmm. his his uh, saber is not. As big as Kylo Ren's, because I know Kylo Ren has the two on the side. That kind of makes it more of a claymore. But yeah. in the hilt, it looks like it has it, but he hasn't. From where I'm, of, where we're up to, he hasn't activated it. That's my opinion. I don't think it's real. I think it's just a red herring. Mm-hmm. But the way he fights, again, if you see it in the trailer, it's very angular, and he does heavy attacks. So it's very like like a knight While she's like a samurai. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, and then reading I am reading Something is Killing the Children which I'm finally on volume 2 I'm really hyped, it's really good um, reading a little bit of TMNT because I restarted reading TMNT the, uh, oh, okay. the, the, re, the reboot with Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz and I'm jumping headfirst into Claymore which is a manga For those who don't know Uh, about uh, monsters and uh, hybrid monsters, only female hybrid monsters, because they're the only ones that can master. So basically, there's these monsters called yokai or or something like yoma, sorry. They're like demons that roam this world. And the only way to combat them is to infuse females with the same blood of these demons uh, and their flesh. Uh, the reason it's females is because when they tried infusing it with males, males can't handle it. So they either die or just become demons. So females are the only ones that can um, control that, the urge to kill humans or eat humans. Uh, Claymore uh, came out years ago. I, forget. I can't tell you the date, but I remember seeing the anime. It's only like 26 episodes. For those who are curious about it, and if you like Berserk or any of those classic animes, Definitely watch the show to get your feet wet. If you dig it, definitely uh, watch the anime. the The anime, I mean, sorry, read the manga. The anime diverges from the manga because those were like monthly chapters, kind of like the Full Metal Alchemist. But um, yeah, I'm doing that because my friend got depressed reading uh, Berserk because he he finally started like reading. I have to restart Berserk myself. But he got depressed and he's like it just left a void in my heart so i need something close to it and then he's oh like i should and i was like yo Claymore's really good and i was like i'll read it with you bro and then today i just started charging through so yeah and i want to say that is it um and oh and i'm watching uh, jujutsu kaisen which hmm. it's not a big deal i read it i'm ahead of everyone so i'm, I'm that hipster guy so <laughs> i'm ahead of everybody i don't care
0: I'm better than everyone. Yeah, basically. Um, For me, watching uh, Seinfeld in the background, I, like, restarted The Office again. Like, one night I just didn't want to hear Seinfeld, so I put on The Office. Um, Watched a couple of movies recently. I'm trying to think. So I watched All these were on Netflix. I just saw, like, randomly they had a couple of different things. So, like, between yesterday and today, I watched a couple. So, Home Team, Anchorman, Benchwarmers. And then I'm actually, like, I stopped watching it because we got on to record. I'm in the middle of Couples Retreat. Oh. All, all, like, feel-good, like, you know, comedy movies um it al- It also has Leon the Professional that guy he's just a random French guy in Couples Retreat um I remember that what else uh I've definitely watched a bunch of other crap and I can't really remember right now been watching One Piece and uh you know I finished it but uh, like I said before going through it again with Erica and hmm I don't think anything else, actually. I haven't been to the movies in a while or anything like that. So. Yeah, there hasn't haven't covered really been that.
1: anything. There hasn't been anything. movie-wise, Like, theater-wise, I mean. Yeah.
0: And then... Reading. Nothing. But... I will say... I did receive a very thoughtful... Oh, birthday gift. Birthday gift. Which came with a bunch of comics, and it's funny because I have not bought a comic in quite some time. So, it came with three comics. Let me see if I can pull them up right here. Eh. Okay. There we go. So, the first one here is the Schlub Image Comics. Gotham Guy by Gaslight, which is like, it's one that I've always thought looked really cool and I just never read it, so I'm super excited to read this Definitely one. Definitely
1: read it before you see the animated movie. Two different things.
0: Mm. And then The Tenement, also Image Comics. So I do have reading materials. So the goal is I'm going to read at least one of these by next week. And I'll have something to finally say in that you're right. reading. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's that. Uh, yeah, what and else? you
1: should read between Magic and Read book
0: two. <laughs> well, yes, the, I have, if the audio. I have around. to read book two, yes. Or and oh, and reclamation. I have the comic too that I have to read the the in between story. Uh,
1: you would have to read that after.
0: Yeah. yeah, I have to read the two first, and then what else? Uh, for playing, uh, I haven't been playing too much. Shredder's Revenge. Uh, you know, Mutant, oh, which you put Teenage, me on. Which I haven't played it, but we'll
1: play
0: Teenage that. Mutant. Yes, we we should, because there's also achievements for multiplayer, so we got to play it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I got the DLC and I've uh, been playing the last like two weeks. So that's been a thing there. I picked back up, um, I got the Pikmin one and two bundle when it first dropped a couple months ago and I never finished two. I was in the middle. So I started playing through that one too. Just so I can like wrap it up and finally get Pikmin four and play that one. Um, cause I got the Pikmin three deluxe when it launched and I loved it. So been waiting for four and I just due to timing I haven't been able to get it but that's that's on my list to get and play and then for PlayStation I've been doing uh I've been making my way through Final Fantasy 16 I've already jumped to like the second act I've done the technically it's the second time skip in the in the beginning of the game you do like a, a time skip of one? yeah okay so, so you, you are do the 13 I am. yeah you do the 13 year time skip which is like you can consider the, like the base things like the tutorial, then the 13 year time skip, then you go through that act. And now I'm in act two, which is five years later. Um, which I, at this point, I feel like that whole first 20 hours was a tutorial. Like now it feels like I'm in the game world, but like, it's still very much on rails. Like it's not a big free roam thing. Yeah. Um, more things have opened up, but uh, talking to with, like one of my buddies, he's even further and he's like marginally, like if you're playing like Jay, you know, it the, the icons that are there right now I have three. He has like, I think 60 hours of the game and he only has four. He's only gotten one more icon. So oh, wow. he doesn't even know how much longer he has. He's also somebody like he's he's doing all the side quests and hunts as, as they pop up, which is what I'm doing too. That's why that yeah. first section took me 20 hours. Same. Um, but I'm continuing to play like that, like trying to get all the side stuff done and um, whatever quests as well. But I mean, I'm enjoying it. I will say it's very cutscene heavy. And that is, I think
1: that is, people are saying that like, and I said this to you 4, I don't want to complain about it, but it's, it's very cutscene-heavy, and it, there's no challenge in the gameplay. Like, I haven't died. The only time I died was um, when I was, like, big icons, and it's because I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, oh, okay, this is how you play. But then I don't feel the the stakes when I'm fighting anyone. Even mm. fighting a boss, I don't feel as I'm like, this is way too easy compared to, again, 15, I love the hack and slash, but, like, mm-hmm. I've died a couple of times playing Final Fantasy XV. I remember having to grind. I, I love the free roam aspect of not being on rails, because it's one mm-hmm. open world, where this is, quote-unquote, open world, but it seems a little empty. So this is one big movie.
0: Yeah, it's more like a walled garden. I wouldn't call it an f- a actual open world, yeah, because open world. there are open spaces to go through, but... You're you're not getting a lot from it. Like you can, can grind can. and get your level up, like you do in other Final Fantasies. But it's Fantasies. like there's no
1: point in leveling. I can I don't. There's no reason to grind.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Not I think yet. they
1: wanted to take it. I think they did that on purpose. Cause, but I'm like, I think that's what made the Final Fantasy. Like I remember playing Final Fantasy thirteen, and I spent like thirty hours grinding because I couldn't get. I wanted there were these like big monsters where I was like, I need to beat this in like a couple hits before I can move mm-hmm. on. And I just kept fighting them and fighting them until I got stronger and I moved on. And the game got exponentially harder. So like this game, again, it could be just early. And
0: Yeah, that's the thing. We're not we're not even halfway through this yeah. game. Yeah, so, so there could be a pretty big uptick um in difficulty, but I'm I'm in the same boat. It's not necessarily a challenge. It's more so like button I I don't want to say button matching, but like it's a lot it of button like- timing like i feel like cuz you go from like doing a bunch of uh like attack combos to then like dodging continuing your combo it's like making sure you stay alive but there isn't like i i died one time and it was like it was <laughs> dumb i just wasn't paying attention
1: yeah i again i don't feel the stakes being real like i don't yeah feel, it's not i don't feel scared
0: yeah the heavy moments come with the icon battles and those are very fa- far like few and far in between. Uh, but beyond that, it is very much just like a playable movie. I think that cuts the heavy cutscene like usage is what takes it down for me from being like a 10 game. It, it It really like I enjoy the story. I like everything that I'm getting, but it is very much like it could have been a 10. But because they cut back on gameplay, it is a nine for me. Um it looks great. I enjoy some of the the stuff and the side stuff that you can do and like finding those monsters and like even with the monsters that you do on the hunts like they're cool mythical beings and stuff and they they look pretty badass, but again, it's just like a time game. It's just like if you keep hitting them, they're going to die. It's just make sure you don't get hit and it's it it's nothing that's like un like not doable, right? But we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm still enjoying my time with it. it it's It's a great story, like one of like one of the best video game stories I've played through, and it's just the amount of stuff that they're packing into this game is is insane. Yeah. but um but yeah, that's that's the main thing I've been playing. Um, that's where I've been putting my time in, but yeah, and that's that's it for me for my weekly wrap. So with that, we're gonna come to a close on the episode. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Um, as always, you can watch live on Twitch.tv/TheAverageJays. We record every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Obviously, we didn't record last week, and sometimes we do move the day around, but we do announcements. Um, but for the most part, every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please like and follow. We're trying to build our crew, trying to build the fleet up. Like, follow us on Instagram, not like, uh, follow us on Instagram for any updates regarding the show. And
2: I think that's it. I think I covered everything.
0: Anything else, Jay? I think that's it, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So... (laughs) So, thank you guys for listening in, and we will catch you on the next one. As always, I'm Jay Justin Ruiz.
2: And I'm Jay Jarmer Francois. Have a
0: good night.